Welcome to Sports Scene with Steve Russell. Let's talk some sports and have some lunch on ESPN 98.1 FM and 8.50 AM WRUF. Hello and welcome into a uh, Wednesday edition of Sports Scene, ESPN, 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. I'm Steve Russell. Time to eat some lunch and talk some sports. Sam Potosa will produce the broadcast today. Only an hour uh, because of Rays baseball. They'll play Toronto today. A lot of today's conversation is going to be baseball. Vince Scully... Uh, passing away at the age of 94. Yeah, I only got, I never met Vince Scully. And I will share a couple of stories about him and, and let you hear some of his calls. I got to tell you, I first got an insight into Vince Scully from the great Red Barber who I did have the pleasure of knowing and did have the pleasure of interviewing on three separate occasions. And he told me about Vin Scully, who had been at Fordham University, and he kept writing letters to Red Barber saying you know, he wanted to be a broadcaster. They had an opening, and he literally did one inning of every game. And then he honed his craft when Red Barber left, I think in 1953, Vince Scully took over. And how cool is it? I, I got to tell you this. Everybody has an ego. And in this business, a lot of people have big egos. But it's really cool, even doing a Gator baseball broadcast, when you're in the booth and you look down and somebody has a radio. Somebody's listening to your broad, taking the time to listen to your broadcast. That's a pretty cool thing, and I've always appreciated that. Well, when Vince Scully, when the Dodgers moved to L.A., if you there's film, fans used to bring their transistor radios. It wasn't good enough just to see the game. You had to hear Vince Scully do the broadcast of the game. And at one point, Vince Scully had to go on the air and ask people to turn their radios down because there was too much feedback in the stadium. That's amazing. All right, Sam, going to play some vintage Vince Scully here. Uh, this is Vince Scully uh, broadcasting Henry Aaron's record-breaking home run. For the country and the world. A black man is getting a standing ovation in the Deep South for breaking a record of an all-time baseball idol. And it is a great moment for all of us, and particularly for Henry Aaron. Also, Vin Scully uh, was uh, part of the broadcast of the World Series when the Mets were the beneficiaries of the ball that got past Bill Buckner. Remember that? Here was Vin Scully's call. Roller up along first, behind the bag. It gets through Buckner. Here comes Knight, and the Mets win 
Yeah, the Mets won it, went on to win the World Series. He also got to author uh, several games in which he called perfect games or no-hitters. One for the great Sandy Koufax. Two and two to Harvey Keene. One strike away. Sandy into his windup. Here's the pitch. Swung on and missed a perfect game. Well, I, I like what Dan Patrick said earlier today. It is a day of celebration. It's sad, yes. But, you know, for me, the icons of broadcasting, the Dick Enbergs, the Vince Scullys, the Jack Bucks, they're gone. And there are still some terrific broadcasters out there but, you know, for a generation of people, it, it's tough to lose. Um, so if you have a story about Vin Scully, uh, you want to share, uh, you can. Uh, also today, how about Harrison Bader? He's now a New York Yankee. Uh, traded uh, after a flurry of activity yesterday. And it is official now that Brandon Sprout is coming back to pitch for the Gators, we're going to talk to Jim Callis from the MLB Network at the bottom of the hour to look ahead to see what he thinks Sproach's return can do for Florida. I'm going to tell you what. I think Florida's roster for 2023 is back on track. You know, COVID, I think, hurt Florida. Their roster was not as good. But I think this team, this roster next year, has a chance for Omaha. I really do. Now, you know, look, don't know what injury is, you know, all of that. But certainly um, a chance for that. And uh, we'll get your thoughts also, if you have any, uh, on um, all the flurry of activity in trades yesterday and then Gator football will have its first day of fall camp today exactly one month ahead of uh, the season opener against Utah and uh, was just apprised of this today uh, we are hopeful of uh, getting Kyle Whittingham on with us uh, game week. That'd be kind of cool. All right. Let's open the phone lines for you. Again, we're only on until noon today. 392-8255. You can email uh, srussell at wruf.com. David says, please allow me to express a few words about Vin Scully. I'm 51 years old and a lifelong Dodger fan. For me, Vin Scully was the voice of baseball. When I was a teenager, I had the good fortune of meeting him at spring training in Vero Beach. To my great surprise, he was coming down from the press box as I was walking to the concession stand. I nervously asked him for an autograph. Not only did he sign my program, he struck up a conversation with me. He asked me where I was from, how school was going, and if I played baseball. He treated me like I was one of his grandchildren. His kindness that day will stick with me for the rest of my life. 
Rest easy, Mr. Scully. You'll be missed. David, that's well said. You don't, in this life that we live, you don't ever know how a random act of kindness or, you know, whatever that might be can affect a particular person. Uh, it's, it's, it's really kind of a cool thing. Uh, BB says, nice profile of Scully last night, a real broadcaster's broadcaster. Uh, do I have any Vince Scully stories? The only one, like I said, I never got a chance to meet him, but I've said this many times about him. When I was younger, I did not appreciate Vince Scully as a broadcaster. Uh, you know, there was a, a player that Scully broadcast, and I think he played for the Diamondbacks. His first name was Socrates. Well, Vince Scully went on in the broadcast to talk about the real Socrates, who he was, what he did. Can you imagine that? In a baseball broadcast? And and I, I thought when I was younger that Vince Scully was a little bit ethereal, that he was just a little bit above it. Well, as I got older, I, I grew to understand uh, how he, he I, it's arguable, he might be the best baseball broadcaster of all time. Of all time. B.B. also says he wishes our Gators had those warm-up games this season. We used to have at the start. How do you think fans will respond if our guys end up a bruised 0-2? What advice would you give them? Uh, I heard Chris Doring on SEC Network yesterday say something that I agree with a 1,000%. He said, B.B., that I don't care what division you're in. I don't care what team you're playing for right now, you believe right now you can go unbeaten and win the national championship. Hope springs eternal. And I think it's that way in Gator Camp. And they are saying and doing all the right things. I, I think Florida's starters aren't bad. But it's where's the depth going to come from? Where's the quality depth going to come from but the advice I would give you got to keep playing you you can't care what fans say you can't care what media people say go play that's all you can do that's the only advice you can give anybody I think it's really that simple and I, I think that look Nobody is going to like it if Florida starts 0-2, and even fewer are going to like it if it's an ugly 0-2. But, you know, most experts predict Florida to win seven games. Okay? So if that's the case, if that's the number, and Florida wins eight, well, guess what? That I mean, I get it. You're not going to the playoff, but I, I, I would I would imagine, and and I, and I think if they look better, if yesterday Billy Napier mentioned the word discipline probably fifteen times, okay, and if you watch Florida play last year, 
Well, obviously, they lacked it in many ways. So if, if that gets straightened out, if they play with a better purpose, I think that's a good thing. 11-14, time check brought to you by Hayes Jewelry. Call us up, talk a little sports, only till noon today, ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Gainesville Sports Center, here's what's trending now on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Good morning, I'm Bradley Schemmel. The Tampa Bay Rays are looking to even the series today after losing last night's opener against the Toronto Blue Jays. Tune in for coverage of today's game right here at 11.30. Florida football is set to kick off fall camp today. With the season just one month away, players will prepare themselves as they gear up for the start of the Billy Napier era. Former Gator DJ Humphreys has signed a three-year extension with the Arizona Cardinals. The Pro Bowl offensive lineman has signed for $66.8 million, with $34 million already guaranteed. Former Gator Harrison Bader has been traded to the New York Yankees. The deal was announced just before Tuesday's trade deadline. That's your Gainesville Sports Center. I'm Bradley Shevel. ESPN 98.1 FM, 8:50 AM, WRUF. If you're a diabetic, we have great news. You can end the painful finger sticks with a new CGM. Plus, they may be covered by Medicare, Medicaid, or private insurance. If you test and inject daily, you may qualify. Call U.S. Med now to learn more. 800-513-1652. 800-513-1652. That's 800-513-1652. Okito America's new location on Newberry Road is opening in late August. The school year is back and no one does after school like Okito America. Martial arts, academic tutoring, Spanish classes, art classes, science classes, sports programs, Programs and free transportation. Classes for all ages. 6900 Southwest Archer Road and coming late August to 7420 West Newberry Road. Hurry, sign up at okitaamerica.com today before classes fill up. Hi, this is Dr. Art Mowry of Exceptional Dentistry. Listen to what our clients have to say about their experience at Exceptional Dentistry. What I'd like people to know about Exceptional Dentistry is when you walk into the door, you're going to be treated like family. And when you walk out of the door, you will feel as if you, you've had an experience like no other in terms of dental practices. Um, you, will, you will be treated both professionally and personally. So to the extent that um, you, won't, you won't look for another practice. Uh, this is a lifetime type of practice where the moment you enter into it, I, I firmly believe that people don't leave here. They, they become patients forever. This is Dr. Kim Mowry, and if you think you have dental problems that are too big to overcome, we're here for you. Please visit us at exceptionaldentistry.com. That's exceptionaldentistry.com. Of course I use Mr. Clean Magic Eraser to clean tough messes off my stovetop and bathtub. But then I discovered I can also use it to easily clean my patio furniture and even my shoes. I'm hooked. And when wipes won't cut it, I use Magic Eraser Sheets. They're thin and flexible erasers, perfect for everyday messes, like gunk on my counters and sinks. They really are magical. The reviews are in. Mr. Clean Magic Eraser and Sheets make cleaning look easy. The WRUF Radio app, your source for sports every second of every hour of every day. You are.
listening to ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, the home of the Florida Gators. Sports Scene with Steve Russell on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Welcome back. Again, only on until shortly before noon today. Jim Callis from the MLB Network is going to join us at the bottom of the hour. So call us up, talk a little sports today, 392-8255. You can email uh, srussell at wruf.com. Uh, you know, is it, it's something, isn't it, that you know, no matter how much you uh, promote or whatever, uh, we're all creatures of habit. A lot of afternoon baseball today. Uh, Toronto and Tampa Bay, as I told you, will have that game for you. Phillies and the Braves today are playing just afternoon. Seattle and the Yankees are playing just after 1 o'clock today in New York. Cleveland, the Guardians. Speaking of the Guardians, if I was a, if I was a fan of that franchise I'd be really upset today. You're a game out of a wild card spot. A game. And you do nothing. Nothing. To enhance. That, that, that's one of two franchises today that I would be really upset if I was a fan of it. Minnesota at Target Field, hosting Detroit today. Texas is hosting Baltimore, and that's the other franchise that I'd be upset about. Baltimore, I think it was, what, two games out of a wild card, something like that? And they completely sold. Now, I get it. If you don't want to add talent, and add payroll at this point, okay. But those guys arguably are the biggest overachievers in baseball this year. You know, what Trey Mancini has meant to that franchise, and they just let them all go. They're they're 53 and 51. The Guardians are 53 and 50. So the Guardians do nothing and the Orioles have a fire sale for a franchise that sucked for a long time. I would not be happy. The other one I'd be mildly questioning is Boston. If, if, if Boston was water, Boston put its toes in the water and didn't do any more. Again, they're 53 and 52. They're within striking distance of the wild card. Nothing. They're at Houston today. Kansas City visits the White Sox today and the Mets. Jacob DeGrom pitched yesterday. You know what? Go back and look at this. When Jacob DeGrom pitches, the Mets lose. It's amazing. DeGrom pitches his rear end off and the Mets never score runs for him. Washington hosts the Mets today 
Everything else is tonight. So there you go. See, this is the danger, Sam, when you promote a show only one day. This happens. But I'm, you know, and look, let's face it, when when a show is uh, on at the same time all the time, this is what can happen. Uh, Lars Tate passed away, former Georgia running back. Anybody see that? 56 years of age. Um, tough thing. Uh, all right. Let's get some calls, I hope. Again, only on till uh, a little before noon. 392-8255. You can email srussell at wruec.com. Today is August 3rd. We are 24 days away from the start of the college football season. Interesting. And on that week zero, uh, there the, the only game that might really mean something, Nebraska and Northwestern. Now, Florida State plays. They host Duquesne. Florida Atlantic plays. They host Charlotte. Vanderbilt plays, and they get to play at Hawaii. Yeah. Then, September 1st, a Thursday, a lot of games. Tennessee will play. UCF will play. The Fighting McIlwains will play. They're at Oklahoma State, by the way. Good test for them. Uh, let's see. Missouri plays. They host Louisiana Tech. Then Friday, more games, but no SEC te- teams will play. Temple plays Duke in probably the best game of the day, maybe TCU, Colorado. And, of course, then Saturday, you know, the big deal. All right, before we get Jim Callis from MLB Network here, we'll talk to the total package. What's up? Hey, Steve. Um, let's talk some Yankees first. Um, what can you tell me about Bader? I didn't really follow him that much when he was here. Um, what can you tell me about him? Really, really plus defender. Okay. Um, again, I think he'll help them. Uh, you know, now they, they measure metrics and ground that you cover and all that. Bader can do it all. Um, I don't know that he'll be an everyday guy there, um, but he certainly adds outfield depth and, again, a really good defender in a, in a big ballpark. Strong arm, too? Yeah, he's center fielder, so yeah. Awesome. Um, and then switching over to Gator football, um, pretty excited about this season, even though a lot of people think, hey, if we're 8-4, and four, that'll be great. Uh, running backs, um, Lingard, I guess, is our home run threat. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know if they really have what one would consider a true home run threat there. Mm-hmm. I think that Montel guy is going to surprise a lot of people. He seems he seems well, from the little I've seen him, uh, really tough tough runner and. Uh, 
you know, I just can't wait to see Anthony. Everybody knows if he doesn't get hurt um, and he and it clicks for him, he could be really great. Then it, it, you don't want him to be too great because then he's going to be gone after this year. Well, but so, but you know, if he's if he's really great, then will be really great. Then that I mean, there's a chance that Florida would be really good too. So you know, but I, I see your point. But you know, I, I think you want. You, you, if, if he's going to be really great, that's going to really, I think, bode well for Florida. Yeah, I think so, too. And then what about your Mets? Um, I saw him a little bit, watched uh, Pete Alonzo, who how, how can you not love that guy, even if you weren't a Gator fan? I mean, he's he's something to watch. He is, and I did not think that he would have the success that he's had. I mean, not that he wouldn't be good. Uh, I thought he would be a big leaguer. Um, I was told by scouts he would be a big leaguer, but uh, yeah, he, he's been fun. He's handled New York and, you know, ask Joey Gallo. You know, there's not a lot of, yeah. there's, there's some people that cannot handle New York and he's handled it. Well, I wasn't happy about Gallo going to the Dodgers because if we have to face the Dodgers, that would just be bad luck, you know. Well, I mean, he, he was clearly, you know, he's being booed. Um, you know, he did, he did an interview with Newsday and said, I don't even go out. You know, there's just some guys that can't handle playing in New York, and he did not handle it, so maybe a fresh start for him is what, you know, might help him. Yeah. And Judge, Judge has to stay. The fans just absolutely love him. He'd be crazy if he got, you know, a couple more million dollars to go somewhere else. I mean, he, he can play in the Big Apple. He really seems like he loves his teammates, too, so I, I don't think he's going to be leaving. Well, the gamble that he made you know, by not doing the contract now, uh, I think is going to pay off for him handsomely. I hope it does. All right. Appreciate you. Sure Thanks, so. DP. Thank yep. You. 11.28, time check brought to you by Hayes Chillery. Jim Callis from the MLB Network will talk a little college baseball with us, what Brandon Sproke coming back to Florida means, and a look an early look at the 2023 draft. ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WYUF. This is Hub Brown, Dean of the College of Journalism and Communications here at the University of Florida, and you are listening to ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, the home of the Florida Gators. Let's get real about COVID. We want it to be over. Some folks are like, it's over. But it's not. And two years in, our community is still hit harder. So we can't take our eyes off the ball. We need to talk about getting everyone vaccinated or boosted and let our friends know there are treatments for people who test positive. We've come a long way, but we have to keep our head in the game. Go to covid-resources.org or call 877-904-5097. Eeny, meeny, miny, moe. What I'll eat, I just don't know. Hey, Bob Rose here, and every time I look at the menu at Copper Monkey West, that's what I say to myself. They have so many delicious options, it's hard to decide. Should I get the chicken pot pie pasta with chunks of tender white chicken with veggies and rotini pasta in creamy chicken and cheddar cheese sauce? Oh, yeah. Or maybe one of their USDA choice steaks, like the 12-ounce Certified Angus New York Strip. Maybe it's the black and red fish over wild rice with veggies. So delicious. And, of course, there's always the legendary Copper Monkey West Burgers, voted best in the area numerous times. You know, that's the thing, because whatever I end up choosing, I know the service will be top-notch. 
Because warm smiles and friendly faces make for a wonderful dining atmosphere. Is that what you're looking for? Good food, good service, good people? Well, it's all at Copper Monkey West in Jonesville. I'll see you there. People who come to Cricket stay with Cricket, like Wangeshi. Hey, I'm Wangeshi from Atlanta, Georgia. As a journalist, I rely on my Cricket service for pretty much everything. I need to edit interviews, check emails, and stay updated on developing stories. It's huge for me to have Cricket's 5G to keep me connected on the go. Get nationwide 5G on all plans, plus a free Cricket Dream 5G when you switch. Smile, you're on Cricket. Real customers pay for their testimonials. Must bring your number to Cricket on a $60 a month plan. First month service charge and tax to its sale. Cricket 5G is not available everywhere. Fees, terms, and other restrictions apply. See CricketWireless.com for details. From the UF Weather Center, here is your WRUF weather update. Not much change today compared to yesterday. A mixture of sun and clouds, highs in the low 90s, heat indices closer to the 100 degree mark. Scattered late afternoon and evening storms are expected once again in between the Highway 301 corridor and the St. Johns River. Locally heavy rain rates possible again today. That could cause flash flooding. On top of that, frequent lightning strikes will be possible from the strongest storms. In the UF Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Megan Borowski. Keyshawn Johnson, Jay Williams, and Max Kellerman. I wasted some money yesterday with my kids in New York City, though. Yeah, I went what? to one. I went to. Oh, you're walking around like a tourist in New York City. I was a tourist. You're that person. I said, I, I knew it. As soon as I was like, you're the people in the middle of Times Square, just standing there in the middle of the sidewalk, looking at. Look how tall no, that building cool. is. Wow, it was. Oh, it was hot. Cool. We went to. Get the- out of the way. He, Jay, and Max. Weekday mornings at 6 right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. The Tailgate with Jeff Cardozo and Pat Dooley. Weekday afternoons at 4 right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. And on your phone with the WRUF radio app. Sports Scene with Steve Russell continues here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. And on your phone with the WRUF radio app. Well, the 2022 Major League Baseball draft, uh, the ink is barely dry. But you know what? It doesn't ever hurt to look ahead uh, to 2023. Jim Callis, senior writer for MLB Pipeline, MLB.com has always been kind enough to join us to talk about things like this, and he's with us today. Jim, thank you for doing this. But I do want to ask about uh, Brandon Sprout coming back. And Sam, if you could turn the... Yeah, thank you. If you could uh, kind of discuss that process, because, you know, the Mets drafted him. They couldn't come to terms. And, you know, I guess he could have done what Rocker did and pitched independently, but... Can you discuss what that process is like after somebody is drafted? Because I think people just automatically think you're going to sign, but that doesn't happen once in a while, right? Yeah, I mean, the the way the bonus pool system works is teams try to get a handle on what it's going to take to sign guys. And so, you know, and and the bonus pool applies to the first 10 rounds. So you generally assume that almost everybody taken in the first 10 rounds by team is going to sign. There There were three guys who didn't sign this year. There were... I don't remember off the top of my head last year. I know in 2019 there were two. I think last year there were three. But almost all the guys wind up signing. Maybe last year there were two. In any case, um, and usually when guys don't sign, it's one of two things. One, like you could fail a physical. A lot of times you don't get a physical exam of the player, you know, especially a pitcher, until after the draft. And, and that's what happened with Kumar Rocker. The, the Mets didn't like what they saw with Kumar Rocker's elbow and shoulder. 
you know, he wound up having shoulder surgery. They decided a year ago, rather than, than give him $6 million as the 10th overall pick, which was what they'd agreed on, they'd rather not sign him and, and get the pick back in this year's draft. Then they, they got the 11th pick, and they took the Georgia Tech catcher, Kevin Parada. In Sproat's case, it, it wasn't anything like that. It was just a financial decision. And from what I've pieced together, I, I don't think the – Mets, and you know, and it's, you don't have to do this. A lot of times, the teams will try to sign out the player or his advisor and figure out what the price tag is going to be, so they can have an idea if they're going to sign him. And the Mets, from what I understand, did not do that with with, with Brandon. I think they thought they could sign him for a certain amount. I, I don't know what the exact number is, but they they could have in their pool probably gone to about a million dollars for Brandon. You know, by the time they signed Prada and a couple other guys, it was I think in the end it was closer to like eight sixty or something. They could have paid Brandon. And I think Brandon's price tag was higher than that, and he decided to bet on himself. I mean, as you know, Steve, I mean, he pitched really well down the stretch. Yes. Right? Yeah, you could see both sides of the argument. You know, his last six starts of the year, he was really, really good. The fastball was up to 99. The slider was up to 90. You know, there was talk he could maybe even go in the supplemental first round. Um, you know, but then, I mean, the flip side of it is, I mean, he hasn't been the most consistent pitcher, you know, since he's been in Florida. I mean, granted, you know, you had the pandemic season. Uh, you know, didn't throw strikes in 2021, you know, struggled in the early part of this season. So I can, you know, I can see where both the Mets would say, hey, we think you're worth X. And again, I don't know what the number was, but let's say it was a million dollars. Um, and I could see where Brandon could say, look, I was really good at the end of the year. I'll bet on myself and go back to Florida and, and try to do better next year you know be more you know do, do what i did at the end of the year over a full season and if he does he'll get paid more you know and, and look i i can see the argument both ways um you know the, the flip side of it is i think tommy mace left money on the table um by not signing in 2020 and going back to 2021 and this year jeff fabian got about you know a little bit less than half from the orioles what he could have gotten from the red sox last year if he had taken their offer so i mean it, it's a gamble but I, I have no problem with the guy betting on himself. You you, you kind of want guys to do that, right? That's right. Let's let's take a quick look ahead, early as it is, to the draft next year. Is it possible, Jim? If to to your point, if Sprout is the Sprout of the last five or six starts, if Waldrop is what he was at Southern Miss, and Langford is what he was, could Florida have possibly three first round picks next year? Yeah, I think it's very fair to say they have three players with first-round upside for sure. You know, Sproke's going to need to be more consistent. You know, I think Langford coming off a 26-home run year, um, and it sounds like I haven't – I'll admit I haven't figured out who's playing where. But, like, I guess he's going to get a chance to play center next year, right? With, with uh, uh, he, I think they got a guy they're grooming. I think they're going to keep him in left, and they're, they're grooming a guy to okay. play center. Okay, well, in any case, I mean, if he comes out and hits 26 home runs again, then, then he probably will go in the first round. I mean, right now I think he's one of the top you know, prospects you're talking as a potential top 10 pick. And then, you know, Waldrop's a guy who, you know, can be, you know, show you a mid-90s fastball, curveball changeup. He was dominant at Southern Miss, ton of strikeouts. Um, and, uh, you know, he pitched very well in the NCAA playoffs. He played with Langford on the U.S. Collegiate national team and yeah i, I mean if, if all goes well you, you could be looking at three first round picks next year in gainesville jim i want to uh just the sec has had you know so many you know really good prospects and i know it's early and this is going to change a thousand times who are some guys that you like uh in the draft next year 
You just from the SEC? Oh, whoever, whoever. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, it, I mean, we haven't looked at that much, but I mean, the SEC alone. I mean, you got you know Dylan Cruz is a potential number one overall pick at LSU. Uh, Chase Dollander, Tennessee, the right-hander is a potential number one overall pick. I think Jacob Gonzalez, Ole Miss, is a potential overall number one pick. Um, Enrique Bradfield of Vanderbilt. If you think he's going to hit for some pop. Um, you know, he obviously can really run. He's going to go really, really good. I mean, there, there's four guys right there with Langford that's, you know, if I, you know, I haven't done a top 10 for next year, but, but that might be, you know, five SEC guys among the top 10 prospects in the draft for next year. Um, the last thing I want to ask, and I'm asking this, uh, Jim, more from a fan perspective, you guys do this for a living. It, it always fascinates me that certain teams will look, and again, I think it, depends on the draft but you know some teams skew to college some teams skew to high school is that an organizational thing is that a year to year as to who's in the draft how does that work it depends on the organization i mean when moneyball came out everybody was you know not i should say everybody but a lot of teams were like oh you got to get college players got to get college players and you know it's funny steve i've been doing this for 30 something years and and talent's talent. Like, I, I really believe that for almost every player, whatever he's destined to become, he's going to probably become that, whether he signs out of high school versus going to college. You know, got, you know people talk about high school pitchers, there's risk. Well, it seems like a lot of college pitchers get hurt. It seems like a lot of minor league pitchers get hurt. <laughs> yep. Pitchers get hurt. Like, there, there's risk. And, yeah, I mean, the, the advantage with the college guy is you have more track record against better competition. You have stats that you can parse the meaning out of. You have more data in terms of, you know, exit velocities and spin rates, although that stuff does exist for high school showcases. So I think there's more comfort level with college players. But it was funny, like the whole Moneyball thing was predicated on a mistaken assumption. And, you know, if you if you were studying, you know, you, with baseball players, with draft picks, you have to give them time to develop to know what they're going to become. You know, You don't know right away. And so if you were doing a study – in the 90s or early 2000s, and you're looking back at college players, you'd find that, like, most of the best players, say, in the 1980s came out of college. Well, the reason that was, Steve, was because they weren't signing out of high school. Right. Barry Bonds went to, went to Arizona State. He was a second-round pick. Those guys always sign now. And he went to college over a difference of $6,000. You know, back in the 80s, a lot of teams felt like if you were negotiating, you didn't really want to play pro ball. But, like, Barry Larkin, Will Clark, Randy Johnson, you can go on and on and on and on. All these great players who went to college and became, you know, very quickly big league stars were like very early picks out of high school didn't sign. So this assumption that all the talent was coming out of college, it was a different system where guys weren't signing. And I know from studying this, and I think teams will tell you this too, that, you know, I actually think you have a slightly higher percentage of getting a star out of high school, you know, in the top of the draft than you do out of college. You're going to get more big leaguers out of college, but it's going to be more of the cup of coffee type guys in the long run in terms of sheer talent. You know, like I said, talent's talent. So anyway, you know, a long answer to your question. I think there are some organizations that, like, look, if your farm system is really thin and you want to, you know, get some talent that's going to move quickly, you're going to take the more advanced college players. I think there are teams that are more comfortable taking college players because there's more data and, you know, you've got more track record. You've seen them longer. But I also think there's a number of organizations that just look at it like we'll take the best player and, you know, if it's a high school guy, it's a high school guy. So, so the, the short answer after that very long-winded answer, Steve, <laughs> is it kind of depends on the organization. But I do know, and I do feel strongly about this, I, I, you know, anybody who thinks there's a difference, I, I think they're, they're wrong. I mean, talent's talent. If you think a guy's talented in high school, 
you should try to sign them out of high school. And, and you know, a lot of look, a lot of the best college players were dudes out of high school. You know, I mentioned Kevin Prada, who the Mets took. Well, Kevin Prada would have been a top two round pick out of high school if he hadn't if he had been signable. You know, Brooks Lee, who was one of the first uh, college players drafted this year by the Twins. He, you know, he could have gotten first round money out of high school if he'd wanted it. You know, you know, we mentioned Kumar Rocker. Kumar Rocker could have had first round money out of high school if he wanted it, but he wanted to go to to Vanderbilt. You know, you can go on and on and on. You know, Kate Horton, who was the first college pitcher taken this year, he he was a top two round guy out of high school, but he wanted to play two sports and try to play both ways at Oklahoma. So you know, the whole thing, even I, I think it's a little mislabeled because a lot of guys who will be officially college players when they sign, they were known quantities. And, and a lot of them turned down, you know, first or second round money out of high school. So when you're doing your draft study, they're a college player, but they were really identified as high school guys. So I, I hope that made sense. It I, did. Like you can tell. It I'm did. passionate about that one. Like, I just think that's I, uh, I like tell. the whole Moneyball thing. Moneyball was a good book. It was an interesting read, but it, but it overstated a lot of things. And I just think it was a fallacy that, like, if you go back and look at Moneyball, like they had their list of, oh, here's like 10 college sleepers who the A's like. None of them wound up being any good. But like at the time you were reading the book, you know, fans didn't know that it was it, it was it was a very well told story, but it wasn't I don't think entirely accurate. Um, my last thirty seconds, forty five seconds here. Um, it just seems to me, I don't know, maybe fifteen, ten, fifteen years ago, Jim, if you had Tommy John, that was a red flag. I don't sense that being as much of a red flag now. Am I wrong on that? No, you're you're correct. I, I think your know, shoulder injuries you're worried about. I, I think that the long track record. I mean, it's it's not a guarantee. You don't automatically come back from Tommy John, but the vast majority of pitchers do come back from Tommy John as good or better than ever. And I think it's just that the rehab process is so grueling that you get you know you come back and you're in, in just you know pro, you, most guys the best shape they've ever been in because they had to work so hard to come back from it. So no, it's it, teams I, I don't think are that worried about it. Your shoulder injury. Yes, rotator cuff especially. But Tommy John, I think people just almost look at that like, ah, most guys are going to blow out their elbow, and we know that this guy already has, and, and we'll move on from it. There, there were a number of guys this year who got paid, who had Tommy John surgery, like probably six or eight off the top of my head, who either had Tommy John surgery or were recovering from Tommy John surgery or even just recently had Tommy John surgery who got you know seven-figure bonuses in this year's draft. Hmm. As always, where can people see your work? Um, at at uh, MLB.com, MLBpipeline.com. I try to tweet about everything we're doing at uh, Jim Callis MLB. But, uh, yeah, between the, the draft signing deadline, the trade deadline, we're going to start re-ranking prospects. And, you know, the, the thing that I think is kind of cool about our site is everything's free. Nothing's behind a paywall. All the scouting reports and rankings are out there. So, so come check it out. All right. Always appreciate your time, Jim. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, no problem. Take care. You got it. Jim Callis does a really good job, and you heard there could be there could be three Gators that could be drafted in the first round next year, but that's a long way away. 1145, time check brought to you by Hayes Jewelry. One more segment before Rays Baseball, ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Gainesville Sports Center, here's what's trending now. On ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Good morning, I'm Bradley Schemmel. The Tampa Bay Rays are looking to even the series today after losing last night's opener against the Toronto Blue Jays. Tune in right now for live coverage of today's game. Florida football is set to kick off fall camp today. With the season just one month away, players will prepare themselves as they gear up for the start of the Billy Napier era. Former Gator DJ Humphreys has signed a three-year extension with the Arizona Cardinals. 
The Pro Bowl offensive lineman has signed for $66.8 million, with $34 million already guaranteed. Former Gator Harrison Bader has been traded to the New York Yankees. The deal was announced just before Tuesday's trade deadline. That's your Gainesville Sports Center. I'm Bradley Shemmel. ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. Hey friends, it's Steve Russell. This is a great time of the year to be doing things. Going to the beach, swimming, running around. But maybe you can't do that because you've got pain in your knees or hips or back. I can help you with the good people at QC Kinetics. QC Kinetics is helping people here every day giving them lasting pain relief using the latest advances in regenerative medicine. The science is simple. They concentrate your own body's healing agents and apply them to your aching joints, restoring and repairing damaged tissue. No drugs, no steroids, and no surgery. The old remedies for pain are not the only remedies. You need to learn more about how regenerative medicine at QC Kinetics can change your life. Make this the last summer you suffer from chronic pain. They've got clinics here and all over America. This is the exciting new natural way to deal with joint pain with no side effects and no downtime. Now with offices in Ocala and the Villages, 352-400-4550. That's 352-400-4550. Summer is here. It's only June and we have record high temperatures. Ever wish your shorts or pants had air conditioning? You could cut or poke holes in your clothes, but that would take days. Lucky for you, Link Soul has you covered. Link Soul has taken its most technical fabric designed to be moisture wicking and quick drying and added precision holes cut from lasers to maximize airflow for added comfort. Get Link Soul's Boardwalker AC collection keeping you cool wherever you go at linksoul.com. And now a message from Discover about customer service and common sense. When you have credit card questions, it's nice to have them answered by a real live person. You know, a human being who's actually understanding your issues and works to resolve them. Someone with a knack for helping others and has a pulse. In other words, what you don't need is a robot. And that's why Discover offers helpful U.S.-based representatives available 24-7. It's live customer service. Discover. Exceptionally common sense. Coming in September, the beginning of the Billy Napier era. It's not about me. It is going to be about our football team. We are going to do things with class. We are going to do things with integrity. We are going to build young men of character. We are proud to be your home for Gators football. We are ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF, and anywhere in the world on the WRUF radio app. From pylon to pylon, we are your home for all things football. 63 yards. Are listening to ESPN 98.1 FM 850 AM WRUF, the home of the Florida Gators. This is Gator head football coach Billy Napier, and you're listening to Sports Scene with Steve Russell right here on ESPN 98.1 FM 850 AM WRUF, and anywhere in the world on the WRUF radio app. Thank you, Coach. First day of fall camp today for the Gators. Uh, Bill says, creatures of habit. Incredible how you go straight to a time or a game by just hearing the voice. Baseball, Vince Scully and Mel Allen, because in his childhood, he was twib. Yeah. Uh, And without all the options, we watch for the twib notes every week. Football, Keith Jackson. And college basketball, Dick Vitale. 
Uh, Bob's going to join us next. What's up, Bob? Hey, how you doing, Steve? Hey there. Good. Good to be on the show. Um, I got to actually meet Ben Scully one time. Uh, I grew up here in Gainesville, obviously, and uh, when I grew up, we we had announcers like Milo Hamilton, Ernie Johnson, and my brother and I had transistor radio, so we could get uh, Ernie Harwell sometimes or Jack Buck from St. Louis. But I had never heard Ben Scully do baseball. I grew up hearing him do golf and football. Uh-huh. So when I was in college um, at RUF, I worked for WRUF, some friends of mine, Paul Grove and Hank Estango, we decided to go down one spring training day to see the Tigers, and the Dodgers were playing the Tigers. And I'm walking around getting interviews. I look over at the batting cage, and there's a guy in a members-only windbreaker. I go, oh, my gosh, it's Ben Scully. And I take this deep breath, and I walk over to him. I go, Mr. Scully, my name's Bob Smith. I'm a WRUF Sports in Gainesville. I was wondering if I could ask you a couple questions about the Dodgers and baseball. He's Bob, what do you want to know? And he talks to me for about 10 minutes. He looked at his watch. I figured, okay, here comes, you know, goodbye. And he goes, Bob, I'll tell you what. I have to go up in the booth and do the game with Don. How would you like to come here with me do a couple innings? Hmm. I go, are you kidding? And he's like, no, come on. So we go up, and it was this rickety stairwell up to the press box. And I'm from Florida, man. I didn't listen to it. I never heard Dodger game. Who's Don? Don Knotts? You know, I don't know. And so the door opened inwardly. As Mr. Scully went through, I closed it behind me, and there's Don Drysdale. I go, there's Don Drysdale. He goes, sure am. He shook my hand. And I got to listen to Vin Scully and Don Drysdale for seven innings. And that was the first game, the first baseball game I ever heard Vin Scully call was where I was in the press box with it. Hmm. And it was just really one of the most special moments of my life. And he was so gracious and so nice to me who, you know, I was nobody. And the way he treated me and asked me questions about, you know, journalism, things like that. But he was just, he was one of those announcers, Steve, to me. And he worked alone, basically. And the one thing that he wasn't afraid of was dead air. You know, he, he would let the crowd speak for itself. And I heard a baseball game the other day with Brian Kinney. And God, he wouldn't be quiet the whole time he talked. There was never any dead air. But the way Scully could draw you in, and there's so many great officers do it. I mean, you you do it when you're on the games. But you you look at somebody like Harry Carey, who is totally different, or Jack Buck, or Ernie Harwell, or Marty Brenneman, and or, you know any of those guys. Mm-hmm. And just to get to meet him was, um, it was just one of the most special times of my life. Yeah, it's really a shame because uh, I never did get you know through Red Barber. Uh, I, I, he, because of his description of Vince Scully and, you know, going with him, but I never got to meet him. Uh, and I think with you getting the chance to do that, that's really cool. And I've heard that type of story, Bob, a lot about Vince Scully. Uh, David earlier in the show emailed, he met him at a Dodger at a spring training game and he asked, you know, how he was doing and how, what he was doing in school and, you know, yep. so yeah, that that's really uh, those are the kinds of things you just don't forget. You you don't, and the, and the, just like I said, the way he looked me in the eye, you know, and I I probably was looking at my shoes half the time I was interviewing him because I mean I knew who he was, but if if people are listening, you know, always people listening to your show, but if you listen to old baseball broadcast, you can go on YouTube and there are so many great clips and the immaculate reception which he called is actually on there as well. Uh, on YouTube, but there's so many great calls between Kirk Gibson, his home run, and Sandy Koufax's perfect game. Yep. Uh, it's just unbelievable. But I, I really appreciate you know talking about it and letting me come on the show. I, I thank you. Sure, Bob. I appreciate you. Thank uh, you, my friend. Um, we got uh, about five minutes left before we hit Ray's baseball. Uh, 
Let's see here. Sam says he's a Guardians fan who's bummed. He agrees. Hope they would add another reliever with a catcher who can hit, which we lack. Seems management wants to roll with the young guys and maybe a year from now go for broke in getting rental players. Well, but the the problem with that, I think, is, you know, you never know what the landscape's going to be year to year. Daryl says, I don't follow MLB. Do you think the Yankees got the better end of the deal when they got Harrison Bader? I don't know about the better end of the deal. Um, Bader's hurt, by the way. He's got plantar fasciitis and is not going to play or for a while, uh, but he had 15 stolen bases. He was hitting 250 something, but he's regarded as one of the best fielding center fielders in baseball. Um, and if you put Bader in center, then you can put Aaron Judge to a corner somewhere uh, in the outfield. So I do think uh, potential now again is he going to be the everyday center fielder when he gets off the injured list I don't know but he will provide a lot of defense in a big ballpark and again uh, he's a, a 250 hitter which in today's baseball isn't bad and he can run that's a good thing David hello hey Steve I'll make this real quick um, you know you're talking about uh, an old announcer like a classic style guy and I'm, I'm a younger person and like I started listening to football early 2000s listening to sports in general and um, I just want you to know that like at least for being a Gator fan my entire life uh, your voice, McHubert's voice even even Jeff's voice but don't tell him I said this are going to be like that iconic kind of feeling you get when you look back on highlights and things like that like I just wanted to say that you're even though like I bet you don't hold yourself in the same category or class as some of these guys the three of y'all and even more that have been here um, definitely hold a very special place in Gator Nation for, for your guys' voice. So I just want to tell you that. You have a good day, man. David, thank you, and I appreciate that you know, more than I can say. Uh, it's, I'll just say this. When, when you're a kid and you fall asleep with a transistor radio in your ear and you're hearing you know, the great broadcasters I got a chance to hear, uh, and then you end up doing that. And I mean, the the first baseball broadcast I did was when I was in college, and maybe one I did it last year. Maybe one day here before it gets crazy, I'll play a few of those clips from back in the day, because that, you know, they didn't. The voice of the Gators then, who was Otis Boggs, did not do baseball broadcasts. So I was fortunate enough to be able to do that and uh, pretty cool to be able to do that. Tomorrow, uh, in our partnership with the Gator Collective, we're going to talk with a Gator soccer player because uh, you know what? I, you talk about uh, football starting here. Well, Gator soccer and Gator volleyball are getting ready to start too. They're starting in a couple of weeks. So Pretty amazing. Uh, so we'll do that tomorrow. We're not going to have a show Friday, uh, but after that, uh, it'll be, you know, where we sit back and we're doing it day to day. You know what? Before I go here, I'm going to see if I can find this because I don't know if I can, but there may be one quick um, baseball thing I can play for you. 
Uh, I can't find it. So you'll just have to wait. But it's too bad um, because I, I can remember the very first game I did for Florida. I literally had to turn away and think, wow, this is really, really happening. It was so cool. It was really cool to do. Our thanks today to Jim Callis from the M- the MLB Network, uh, MLB Pipeline, uh, for talking about what Brandon Sprout could mean uh, coming back to school here uh, and the potential for the Gators to have three, three first-round draft choices in the MLB draft next year. But, again, that is a long, long way away. Up next, though, it's an AL East showdown. Rays and the Toronto Blue Jays enjoy the live baseball broadcast that we have here as we bring you Rays baseball. We'll see you tomorrow at noon. Thanks to Sam for producing. You are listening to ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. I'm Steve Russell. Enjoy the rest of your day. W251CG Gainesville from the Spurrier's Gridiron Grill Studios. We are ESPN 981 FM, 850 AM, W.